This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. I kind of feel like we need to rename this show the traveling diaries of the pain family, because it feels like that's kind of what this has become, but I've got, I've got more travel diaries for you today because I just got back home last night at 1230. Mm -hmm. I guess that would be this morning, this morning at 1230 AM, uh, from a trip to Kansas. Um, I flew on Monday to Dallas. My mom was diagnosed with basal cell carcinoma um, recently, and she had to have some pretty invasive surgery. It's actually called Mohs surgery, and it's where they go in and they basically cut out the area where the skin cancer is, and then they go and they test it all while you are still waiting for them in the surgery room. And you're awake, right? And you're awake, and they test it, and then if there's more cancer, they come back, they cut more, they go test it, they keep doing that until they have gotten all the cancer. And so her surgery um, two weeks ago ended up being seven, over seven hours long, because Mm. then they have to do skin grafts after they get all the cancer. And so- They were expecting it to be about half that amount of time. And because it was so long, they weren't able to do all the skin grafting. So she had to go back for another surgery. So I was able to fly to Dallas, meet up with my parents at the surgery center, see my mom right after she um, was done with the surgery. And of course, in typical style of my mother, I walk in the room and she's, you know, they haven't even bandaged her all up. And, um, you know, she just looks like she has been through a very torturous experience. And she's like, oh, honey honey, have you eaten enough today? 
Oh, honey, you look a little pale. I think you should probably sit down. And then as they're bandaging her up and I'm sitting there, she is trying to think of the food that she brought with her that she has in her purse. So in telling my dad to go in the other room and get it for me, because she's worried about me having something you must to have eat. Looked really bad. <laughs> she's just, it's, it's how my mother is. She just can't stop caring about other people. And I'm like, mom, I'm fine. Actually, I was getting a little bit woozy and I hadn't eaten enough that day. That was my own fault and not my mother's responsibility. But anyway, so I got to then um, drive back with my parents and um, be with my mom while my dad went to work um, on Tuesday and Wednesday and just got to hang out with her and help her as she recovered. Um, I got to also help with their eBay business, which was kind of fun because Jesse, remember back in the day when we had an eBay business and that was something that we made quite a lot of money on when you were in law school. You're giving me a, I'm, like I'm, a you I'm don't going remember. Back there, I'm like, don't you remember how we sold all your law? Well, uh, no, we that, no, no, that wasn't eBay. That was the half dot com. Uh, we sold your law books. No, was it half dot com? I think so. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was okay, half it was half dot com. We sold, but eBay. We had the eBay store, and we had the inventory that we would buy. Remember the books and things? We sold them on our website. Right. But we also yep. sold them mm-hmm. on eBay. And so I hadn't done eBay for years and years, but both of my brothers have very successful eBay businesses. But my youngest brother, who still lives at home, is actually at the Wilds um, this summer in North Carolina. Right? It's the Wilds. Mm-hmm. Camp yes, in North so. Carolina. Um, I, I was so. I was like, is it South Carolina or North Carolina? Pretty I think sure it's, it's right across the pretty border. sure it's North Carolina. Actually, you did come with me that one time, remember oh, when we went to the Wilds right. Music yep. Camp? Anyway, I'm helping you like dig deep I'm into the him. recesses you of your what. memory today. So he's at the Wilds as a camp counselor. And so my mom and my sister are running the eBay store. So I got to help because my mom couldn't, you know, walk up and down the stairs and do the packaging and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And then I flew back yesterday. I was supposed to actually fly back in the morning, but then my flight got canceled, which was good because I was grateful that I got to stay some extra time Mm because my mom was still needing my help yesterday. So then right before I was getting ready to leave for the airport for my, my flight that had gotten rescheduled or the canceled flight that I'd, then I'd gotten on the new flight. The it's cancellation so, was like two d- days prior too on on the return flight. You got we got notification that it was canceled, like like two right after we I landed booked. or yeah. something. And so I was like, that was really weird. They canceled a flight two days before, but anyway. So I got on this other flight, and then I got a notification that it was going to be delayed, and then I was going to miss my your connection, connection in Chicago. I, yes, mm-hmm. I was going to miss my connection. So then Jesse got on the phone and he um, was trying to, he has platinum. So because he flew so many hours, so many miles, miles, sorry, not hours. Well, a lot of hours too. Well, a lot of it was because of our flight to India. And you went to Peru too last year. Last year you went to Peru. Anyway, so um, he got on the phone and he was trying to get me on a different flight. And it turned into this kind of big mess Mm, at the airport. I've never had them basically yell out to everyone who is standing at the desk waiting in line. All the flights to Dallas are canceled. You might be able to get on a flight to Chicago, but it's first come, first serve. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. And But then she came back about 10 minutes later. I was still waiting in line. And she said, wait, that flight that we thought was canceled, um, they're actually going to 
take off now. So if you hurry, hurry, I can get a few people on. And I happen to be the next person in line. So she got me on that flight, but I still was confused. Like it was supposed to take off at 3.51 and it's 5.30 now. And so I was confused. Like Mm -hmm. what gate is even out? They didn't give me a lot of information. They're just like, hurry, hurry, go up there and get on the flight. So I go through security. There's no one at security, unlike down at the desk. And I am TSA pre-checked. So so did everybody go down from the gate down to the front counter? I was so confused. I don't know. It was was one of those kind of hot mess situations. Everyone was confused and they weren't giving a lot of information. But... TSA pre um, the TSA security there was nobody there and they acted all excited that somebody's coming <laughs> through I mean this is where Trust me it's like Wichita Kansas um, there just not a lot of people go through security so I go through and I put my sweater separate because at TSA the pre-check um, conveyor belt they don't usually have bins except for the tiny ones and I had this right. big sweater that I brought because I always get cold on the flight so I put it on the conveyor belt. And then I put my backpack and my suitcase in front of it. And so as I I pull off my backpack and my suitcase, as I'm getting those, my sweater gets sucked down in the conveyor belt and it like goes, I I can't reach it fast enough. And it sucks the entire sweater in. And it's just like, I see my sweater just disappear before my eyes. So it got underneath the conveyor belt? Yes. It just, you know how the conveyor belt just curves around and goes around and it like, it came on the conveyor belt and then just curved and just, it just sucked it back into there. So I'm standing there going, okay, do I have anything else long sleeved in my bag? Cause I'm thinking they told me I had to get to the gate as fast as possible. And I also really need to go to the bathroom. And so I was like, <sighs> which you usually wait to the last moment to do <laughs> anyway. So I'm standing there and I thought, well, maybe it'll come back around. You know, maybe, maybe things that go underneath conveyor belt will come back <laughs> around, which is silly thinking, but it did not come back around. So finally I was like, um, sir, my sweater just got sucked into the conveyor belt. And he gives me this really weird look. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it just sucked right down, right through there. It was right there. And, and he was like, are you sure you just didn't misplace it? Maybe you put it in your bag. And I'm like, no, I saw it get sucked down into the conveyor belt. So finally they were very confused. And I said, it's, it's underneath. I'm pretty sure it's underneath. And so they let me get down and crawl down underneath the conveyor belt. And I could see sure there was this like caught. metal pan that was under there that was, um, screwed in to the underneath side. And I could see in this little slat, there was my sweater. And so I'm like, it's right there. And I was like, if you just get me a screwdriver or something, I think I can just pull it. I can pull it out. And they're like, no, ma'am, don't do that. <laughs> so they, but they went and got screwdrivers. And by this time there's like five people around that are helping and gratefully no one's going through security. So they, took a screwdriver and they unscrewed this pan and then they pulled out a sweater. And so I'm standing there and I was actually videoing it because it was quite funny. Okay. And- I, just a second. I need to be videoing you because you're talking with your hands so much right now. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. But anyway, I'm a hand talker. I can't help it. So they pull out the sweater. It wasn't my sweater. You know what? It was someone else's sweater. It w- would have been funny as if that was your sweater that had been lost like a long time ago. Yeah, that would have like, been funny. Oh, I've been looking for that. <laughs> it wasn't my sweater. And it was this weird moment of like, 
well, where's my sweater? And it was almost as if my sweater went down there and then it turned into something else or something. (laughs) But anyway, so then the guy goes back and he looks again and sure enough, yes, my sweater's down there too. So I, we were just laughing so hard. There were probably eight security people by the time this whole thing was over with. And we were laughing. I had tears streaming down my cheeks because we were just laughing so hard about this whole situation. And they told me, they were like, this has been the best part of our day. This was the highlight of day, especially the fact that you're like, that's not my sweater. And <laughs> and so it was just a funny travel experience. And then I really needed to go to the bathroom, but I was like, I got to get to the gate. So I get to the gate and I ask the gate agent, can I go to the bathroom before I get on the plane? And they're like, nope, you got to get on the plane. Of course, then I get on the plane and I sit there. <laughs> I think we sat there for 40 minutes. And what? Yes. I don't know. It was the weirdest thing. They kept saying they were going to close the door and then more people got on. So I don't know what was going on. It was, it was very interesting. I, I, think- I was confused by it because when you said that you got on the plane and then I looked it up online and it said it wasn't, hadn't taken off yet, that it was supposed to have departed five minutes prior to I looked it up. And then I texted you and asked you if you were still there and you said yes. And I was like, well, what's going on? Needless to say, by the time we made it to Dallas, when did you go to the bathroom? I was so happy to finally get to a restroom. I have a really good bladder. That was TMI. TMI. And I drank water on the plane because I was so thirsty too. But I do not use plane bathrooms unless it's an international flight or it is an emergency. And that was that was the India flight. That was not your first one. An emergency at that level. So anyway, but that was that could have been if you hit turbulence. <laughs> gratefully there was nobody sitting in the seat next to me so you know and i had my sweater and i could have just like Where it's a le- long sweater le- so. seats? um aren't plane seats usually oh, yeah, i guess they're not always leather. sometimes they're possible they're uh, fabric speaking of travel today we are going to be talking about anxiety and you might wonder what that has to do with travel well jesse is going to share how traveling has really been a trigger for him, for his anxiety. And um, I'm just grateful that he has been so willing to share his story because I think that it will encourage you as he has walked through a lot of anxiety, health-induced anxiety, um, that it will just encourage those of you who have struggled with anxiety and then also those of you who are walking with people who have struggled with anxiety. So Jesse, anxiety is something that you've struggled with for, would you say, all your life or you for know, a what, number of when years? I think back on it, I think probably so. I didn't realize it probably until actually a few years ago, mm-hmm. really, when we started talking about it. And as you've looked back on your life, when do you first remember that you were having anxiety? Probably manifested itself in my anxiety and fear of storms. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I remember we had one bad tornado evening that, and I remember that um, just going from what I remember going haywire and about other people, like the fact that my mom was up north of where we were and worried about her. Mm-hmm. And, but it was an unrealistic Fear. And how, how old yeah. were you at that point? Eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. And where do you feel like that came from? Honestly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fear and lack of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've been able to 
distill it down to is what I what I mm-hmm. I think it is. And as you've gotten older, it's manifested itself in a lot of different ways. Yeah, mainly in you know health related anxieties and um and also travel anxieties. Mm-hmm. So, and do you feel like the health related anxieties are connected to the health issues that you I do. had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very much tied together. And I always think worst case scenario now mm-hmm. because of the issues that I have been through. And for people who don't know your it's story, a couple brain surgeries and brain tumor mm-hmm. back when I was about 11 or 12 or 13. And then also, do you feel like it's connected to your mom's death? I don't think so. Okay. Because that happened around the same time. Okay. No, I don't think so. Well, because I remember whenever I had my cancer scare and how you, when I needed you, this was, how many years ago was this? Mm, Four and a half or something? something like that. Mm -hmm. And I expected that, you know, you came to meet me at the... You came to meet me at the clinic when I had just gone in for a routine checkup and then all of a sudden it turned into a biopsy and yeah. we had to have a um, you know, ultrasound the next day. They were making it like, we got to get you in right away. We're not sure and all this. And so I just thought it was going to be a routine checkup. And then you came and met me there because I just was pretty upset about right. the whole thing. And I just remember I expected you to kind of embrace me and just hold me and be there for me. And you... I lost it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and then for the next few days, you were really angry. Was that? Maybe. I mean, so it very well could be tied to that, just in that instance anyway, because it was so similar to why my mom died. And I think that the anger, I mean, I'm, you know, only God knows your heart and you know what was going on, but I felt like the anger was kind of, the stress and the anxiety that you were feeling, you didn't know how to verbalize that. And so it was almost like right. the anger was, it was, it was that coming out sideways. It was like sideways, right. Yeah. And, and honestly, this was before we really started talking about it all mm-hmm. and, uh, and working through things. And I think for me, it was a shock because I'd never, I mean, I'd had some health issues and stuff, but it was never in the sense of like, they're saying the cancer word. And it was mm-hmm. so similar to what happened to your mom. And it just triggered you. It was a trigger. Yes. In this way that I'd never seen you act like that before. And I think that that opened up my eyes to recognize that there was a lot of stuff that was maybe buried down really deep that mm-hmm. you, that you had never really maybe processed through. Mm-hmm. Cause and that's, Cause that's what I did was just buried everything deep. And so as we've, you know, more and more recognized this anxiety for you, I think you've started to see that there are certain things that are triggers for you. Yeah. Like you said, the travel, you know, fear. And one of the things that really started opening my eyes to what it really was and calling it for what it was, was I remember having discussion with you about about some something I was anxious about. And you sat me down and started asking me questions, which you're known to do. Mm-hmm. And we were going, 
you start walking me through some of the questions from discipleship mm-hmm. and questions that are designed to dig deep and figure out, okay, is what's your root idol here? Mm-hmm. And it really struck a chord for me that that the anxiety was a manifestation of my of a root idol of control mm-hmm. and of needing to be in control and so recognizing that was was huge mm-hmm. and so then what happens is that i have anxiety about a health issue say for instance mm-hmm. well it creates another one and mm-hmm. another one and honestly stress is a bigger killer than cancer really mm-hmm. so being able to name it really calms me down and mm-hmm. say no this is just stress you're just worried you're you need to call it for what it is and get back to where you're not out of control well and i think for me seeing you go through this for i feel like it you kind of mask it well for the first I don't know, maybe five or seven years of our marriage, it wasn't, you weren't having all this health induced anxiety Mm -mm. that I knew of. No, I remember I would have school performance anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like I remember before having like a mock trial that we did just being really anxious about it. And I think on on some level that's normal, but Mm -hmm. I think that maybe it was, I mean, it wasn't something that was, that kept me from doing it. That was, but it was definitely, I think that's where it manifested itself. Mm -hmm. And then I think it really seemed to be when I had the cancer scare and when we started traveling internationally, which that Mm -hmm. kind of was happening. It happened around the same time. And I think for me, my eyes were open to recognizing there's something here that is buried down really deep that is trying to kind of surface. And right now it's it's connected to something. There's a root there. And I think for me, I felt pretty helpless for a while to know what to do because you would get frustrated with me if I would just say, if I wasn't being super compassionate about your health issues. But my personality type is the <laughs> it's kind. It's not to be compassionate. <laughs> well, my personality, I can be compassionate. You can be. But if I feel like it's irrational, it's very hard yeah. for me to be compassionate. And so to see you up at night on your phone researching that, yeah, in yeah. the middle of the night and stressing out, and then you would spin out mm-hmm. about, and you wouldn't be able to sleep, and then you'd you know be panicking over something because you'd read on WebMD mm-hmm. that, you know, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and then I feel like that anxiety would then cause you to feel something else. And you'd feel like, you know, oh no, your, your foot is, there's a twinge in your foot and now you need to research this. Right. And then, oh no, that's that. And so then it almost became this mental, yeah. mental sort of thing of, um, where any tiny little thing would cause you to sort of spin out of control. Mm-hmm. And so you'd spend nights upon nights. I <laughs> losing mean, sleep. Losing yeah. sleep and panicking over, um, you know, these health issues. And mm-hmm. I think for me, it was very hard because I couldn't just say to you, get over it. 
that's not going to help anything. Um, Mm -mm. I couldn't say to you, just stop looking online. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I felt like validating what you were feeling Mm -hmm. was only going to make it more real to you. And that wasn't going to help at all. And so I, I just really tried hard to kind of step back and look at the situation and pray about it. And I didn't handle it well many times because I was, I would get frustrated with you and Mm -hmm. cause a lot of conflict in our marriage because you would say you're not being compassionate. And I wasn't. And, but I think that for me, you know, when I started, instead of, uh, you know, accusing you or criticizing you of like, you're just making this up, this is in your head, but instead being like, where is this coming from? I think that's when it really shifted for you to be willing to right. talk about it with me. Cause I wasn't saying get over it, but mm-hmm. I was saying, you know, okay, tell me how you're feeling. And then where is this really coming from? Right. And for the longest time, you know, I would kind of hint around that. I think this is anxiety. And you were like, no, 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 this is real. This is legit. And you had a lot of tests run. Yes. Yeah. It is very expensive. And honestly, that though going through all those tests and, you know, validating what I'd read and all and firing Dr. Google really helped, mm-hmm. honestly, in helping to get over things because all the tests would, you know, except for the. Uh, one with finding the system, my spine, um, last year by accident, um, all came out normal. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I, one trip well, we were come back from, no, this wasn't, I did think I was having a heart attack coming back from South Africa, but it was mm-hmm. heartburn, you know, from the foods. And you never experienced heartburn before really. Not at really. That level. That's why and it so, was, it was, odd. but it was actually on yeah. the flight. And I remember those first few flights leading up to it, you'd be so stressed. And mm-hmm. then on the flight, you would just be a mess. A mess. Yeah. And I would have to just give you Dramamine to kind of knock you out mm-hmm. because that was the only way you could. Otherwise, you were just, I mean, it was almost as if this out-of-body experience of you, like, like you would get mm-hmm. angry and kind of like, I remember one time it was almost like you were like, just like wanting to just get me out of the way and kiss you. And you yeah, you're, just, you're blowing this out of proportion. That's, I am not blowing yes, this out are. of proportion. I'm like, take the pills, <laughs> take the pills. Um, but it was just because you felt so much stress and anxiety because it was out of your control. Mm-hmm. But I think there was also, you know, we've, as we've kind of talked about it more and more, there were some deep seated things for you of that fear of losing people. And then also fear of you leaving us like fear. I think fear of you dying and leaving us because your mom died and left you. And so I think you have this real intense fear that you're going to do that to your children. Mm -hmm. And I think the thought of that, you know, and, and that's very real. That's not, you know, I've never experienced that. So I'm not going to have those same sorts of triggers, but for you, that's a very real trauma that you went through Right. that it makes sense. And so for me, I've had to kind of figure out how do I walk that? I want to have compassion for what you've experienced and gone through and what your triggers are going to be. But I also want to speak truth to you and and it's not helpful for you to just sit there and 
just wallow in right. this. Because I'm as a five, I like to have information, mm-hmm. and you know, and that and that's part of what I would use to justify, you know using Google to find information, but it would just make things worse Mm -hmm. and it would create other problems and it would, it would, um, so it would just exacerbate the issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, it's, but, but you coming alongside and, and graciously and lovingly walking me through it, Mm -hmm. it helped a whole lot more than you saying, get over it, Mm -hmm. you know, buck up, stop it. Well, and I think as someone who I've also experienced anxiety and it was something that I didn't even realize that's what it was for years and years of my life. I assumed everybody just had these panic attacks. Like I just thought this was what everybody felt. And we've talked a lot about, well, how do you come alongside someone who is struggling with anxiety? And I think some of the things, you know, we've talked about, don't say, get over it. Or don't minimize it in the sense of like, you know, that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. You're just ridiculous. Like, where would you even come up with this from? You know, don't minimize that. And I think also there's a tendency to want to be like, well, you just need to pray more. You just need to read your Bible more. You just need to have more faith. And not that there's anything. I mean, those are those are good things. But sometimes I think we're trying to slap a bandage on it. Well, you know, especially when. With with me, the fear or the idol of being in control, that's not resting in God. It's not resting mm-hmm. in the Lord and not realizing and remembering that He's in control and has mm-hmm. this. And that's a huge part of of relinquishing mm-hmm. and and casting down that idol. Because I remember, you know, when we were in discipleship, there's that, that quote that our hearts are idol making factories. Mm-hmm. And that is um something that it comes naturally mm-hmm. you know and that we have to work against and and actively try to uproot out of our own hearts mm-hmm. and a lot of times those are the root of anxiety mm-hmm. because you're trying to perform and you're trying to do more and you're trying to whether it be to please other people or to perform well at a job and you don't do well it, it creates an anxiety mm-hmm. and and yet at the root it's your in instability in your heart. Well, and I think for me my anxiety was really rooted in the idol of approval. And mm-hmm. so if I can any time if I look back on when I would have those panic attacks when it was always me worrying about what other people were going to think or how they were going to respond or that I was going to be a disappointment. And so I think recognizing that was huge for me to then start being able to say, okay, how do I, how do I heal this? It's not to slap a bandage on Mm -hmm. because that's not going to ultimately heal the wound. Like I had to go in deep and, you know, say, okay, where is this, where's this bleeding coming from? Mm -hmm. And, and for me, it was like, you know, really, resting in who God is and what he thinks of me and how much I am loved by him. And once I understand how much I am loved by him, it allows me to be able to love others wholeheartedly without needing their approval, right? without needing to live my life so that they'll be happy, 
so that they'll approve of me so that they won't be disappointed in me. And, and that has just freed me up so much from that anxiety and those panic attacks. And it's very rare now that I go back to that place. And, and typically when I start to feel it coming on, I can almost immediately say, okay, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And I think it's been the same for you. I think, you know, acknowledging it, recognizing it for what it is, but then to say, okay, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. Well, and it's been really neat because like you say, how you've worked through it as, as given you that freedom, like what the last, you know, when we flew to India, Mm -hmm. I had no Dramamine or anything. Which was crazy because Same. always before with other flights, the three or four weeks leading up to it, yeah. you would have all sorts of different random medical issues and we you'd have to go into the doctor, you'd have mm-hmm. to get testing because and we realized I we were finally putting the two and two together that right. You were so scared of the flight that it was manifesting itself right. in these things, and you would be up at night and all that. And so, for and I don't know if I'd say necessarily scared as much as nervous. Okay, nervous, yes, and uh, and I think it was the nervousness of the lack of control, right? That we'd be flying over water, well, in the like, dark, for, for instance, you know. the the South Africa trip. Mm-hmm. You know, whether if we're flying from Atlanta to Johannesburg, that's seven, mm-hmm. 17 hours, sixteen seventeen hours in a plane. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it started mm-hmm. or where it started manifesting itself. But our last trip to South Africa, we flew from DC to West Africa, then down to South Africa. Mm-hmm. And so that was four different legs. And each one of those, I never had anything. Yeah. You did as well. Uh, you were, you were not even sitting with me and you didn't take any medication and you did just fine. Yeah. And I don't know that you would say that you love flying those long international flights. Maybe it just, I just, but you're okay. You're okay and, with it. Yeah. Break, and it, it helps breaking it up. That's well. And so I think, you know, for people who are listening, who maybe they, they really struggle with anxiety and maybe this is helping them to even think in their mind, Oh, that's what it is. But what advice would you give for them to start moving towards that path of healing and really the start of is realizing in your heart that you're suffering from that anxiety mm-hmm. and then just asking yourself why mm-hmm. just ask that question what would or talk through it with somebody else that can ask those questions because a lot of times we we can't do it ourselves mm-hmm. and we can't see it ourselves to talk with someone that can see it in you and can kind of help dig that out. Well, and I think even acknowledging it to yourself, but then acknowledging it to others, Mm -hmm. I think there's something, it's like taking it out of the darkness and putting it in the light. Like then I feel like there's not like shame loves the darkness and Mm -hmm. you'll, you can feel so much shame over why am I, you know, why am I feeling this way? Why am I experiencing this? What's wrong with me? You know, I'm the only person, but when you put it out in the light, right. And you, you know, you go to someone who's a trusted friend and you say really honestly, like, this is how I'm feeling. And I know that it might seem irrational to you, but it's very real Mm -hmm. to me. And having someone to not criticize you, to not um, diminish what you're feeling, but to really walk with you and to listen to you and to lean in and give you that space 
to share exactly what you're feeling, but then for them to acknowledge that those feelings for you are real, Mm -hmm. but where are they coming from? Right. And what's the root of those feelings? And honestly, it's almost like three different levels that you have to go. You have to Mm -hmm. first acknowledge that it's there. And second, you have to acknowledge, okay, what's this root coming from? But then acknowledge and say, okay, what are the experiences that I've gone through that have caused this root to start Mm -hmm. growing? And grieve those or Mm -hmm. work through those and be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. about those situations. Well, and I think letting yourself truly feel the pain of those situations, you're going to talk about grieving and letting yourself feel the pain so that you can heal from the Mm -hmm. pain. And for me, with the anxiety that was induced by, you know, my need for approval from others. And I can think of things in my past where I didn't have the approval of someone and then I lost that person in my life. And so it's like, there's that connection of like, if I don't have their approval, I'm going to lose the relationship. And, and, but I never given myself that space to actually grieve that loss and to feel that very real pain of that loss mm-hmm. and to let, cause you had, could have the tendency of just recognizing that, it, yeah, this leads to this. And then you stop there and say, but I'm okay with losing that. Yeah. I'm just going to stuff but, it down and, and stuff it down. No, you got to go one step further and, mm-hmm. and actually grieve that loss. Mm-hmm. Like sit in that space of how that, that felt. And I think for you, you know, like taking you back to those places where when you were a little boy and the things that you felt and giving yourself space to really grieve the loss. Because I think a lot of times our pain and our um, loss and our grief, if we don't actually process through it Mm-hmm. We stuff it down and then it ends up coming out sideways as mm-hmm. anger yep. and as anxiety and as all these other things. Now, there are some people listening who I would say that their anxiety is related to something that is like an, a hormonal imbalance or it's something else that is not just they need to go back and maybe grieve something in their life. And so I just want to you know, say... I would recommend, you know, make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're getting enough sleep. Sleep can be such, make such a difference in in our overall, you know, mentality. Yes. Exercise, you know, eating well, but if you're still not feeling well, you know, going to the doctor and getting your levels checked and, you know, really talking with a medical professional, because I think that anxiety can come from a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And we're just sharing our story and what has, especially for you, you know, how you've processed through that, but it's going to be different for everyone. But I think starting by acknowledging it and being willing to acknowledge it and then being willing to acknowledge it to someone else, right? those are huge steps to start the process of healing and then letting someone walk with you and saying, why, where is this really coming from? And sitting in that space and allowing yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling so that you can start the process toward healing. Well, and there's, I know some of you might not have doctors or a primary care that can, where you can go get your blood work done, but there are some facilities where you can just go walk in and it's like an anytime 
lab mm-hmm. and, and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And you'll get read it, readouts. Well, that, someone actually takes yeah. your blood. You don't do it yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Doctor's not ordering it. You're going into this, this lab. Yes. So. And so that can be helpful if you just feel like something's, something's not right. Something's out of balance. And, and you know, and I feel like many times these things, it's very holistic. It's mm-hmm. not just the physical. It's not just that you, you know, you might be deficient in something, um, or that there's a hormonal imbalance, but maybe there's also, um, you know, a lack of rest in your life or space in your life and breathing room or some, you know, community in your life or, you know, the, the grief it's, mm-hmm. it can be all interconnected. And so I think really approaching it holistically can make such a difference. Oh yeah. Cause I don't know. Cause one of the symptoms that I was having that was throwing me in a, to his tailspin was related to having elevated B12 levels that were through mm-hmm. the roof. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I took care of those that symptoms started subsiding. And then. And that was because you were taking a supplement, right? Mm-hmm. That, that had elevate, that was elevating that. Right. And so being able to t- do the blood work, it was blood work, right? Mm-hmm. That, and yep. then they figured that out. And then that took away those symptoms, which then you you felt, oh, yeah, I'm okay. You know? And so I, I do think to approach it from all that, we're not just saying like, sit there and grieve it. And then you're going to be all better, you know, really approach it from all the angles, but don't just, don't just approach it from, Oh, I did blood work and it didn't show anything. You know, let's look at, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually, Mm -hmm. you know, mentally, all the areas, um, because we don't want you to live in that space where we've both been, where you're just not functioning because you're so anxious and Mm -hmm. so stressed and, you know, in that tailspin and where it's just out of control and you, you can't, you can't live your life wholeheartedly because you're just barely functioning or not functioning at all. Right. But something else that I thought about too, is walking through this together has really helped us to be able to parent better Mm -hmm. because we can see when children have issues with anxiety Mm -hmm. and how that manifests in in their lives and their mm-hmm. hearts and how we can talk with them and talk them through the same issues that we're talking through mm-hmm. now. Yeah. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Where's this coming from? You know, and just really giving our children space to process things and mm-hmm. talk about things and grieve and, you know, express emotion, express anger, express, um, you know, the, that emotions are not, bad and, Mm -hmm. and giving them the space to express them. And then we talk about, okay, so how do we walk this out? You're feeling this and what is, what is a healthy response? You're feeling Mm -hmm. anger about the situation or you're feeling um, hurt or you're feeling frustrated, you know, okay, how do we, how do we walk this out? Well, what does that look like? And so being able to just um, walk with them and have more empathy for them um, mm-hmm. has been such a gift. Yeah. Instead of just lashing out at the emotion or the mm-hmm. manifestation of the anxiety and trying to treat that and going to the root root issue, mm-hmm. and that is so going to help them more in the long run than lashing out at the behavior. 
As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer in a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 